This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Big Lovin'. This is Don Della Snooch. Welcome to the Escape Pod, episode 74. Bad Batch with the Sidebar Cantina. Yeah. Clankety clank, bitch. Oh, well, buddy. As <sighs> we normally kind of talk about what's been going on in our lives, but. Yeah. Um, the only thing been going on in my life is Mikey went into the Navy. Yes. Super weird not having him around. Yeah. Um, not hearing his voice. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's what one of the first times he's ever been gone away from the homestead. I can't think of any time I haven't heard his voice over the course of seven days. Yeah, that's crazy. It's insane to me. Yeah. I spent yeah. 18 years trying to push him out of the house, and now I'm like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> I'm becoming a man, Dad. Apparently, it's like childbirth. Yeah. It, well, it, it, there's those struggles. You'll feel them in your feels. <laughs> It's just like childbirth because you're filming those feels. Nice. You got anything uh, exciting happened this week? Oh, I had something. And then we started talking about your feels. And now I don't remember what the. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it, it was a great idea for time traveling mm-hmm. because time traveling allowed us to go back in time to do the episode because the power would have been out here. We wouldn't oh, yeah. have been able to do the show that Wednesday yep. because we had a, like a rugged storm roll through. Right. Yeah. Um, most of uh, mid Michigan was just out of power for days. Some people didn't get it back. I know Monday, some people don't have it back still. Yeah, and this true. was last Wednesday. Yep. I paid uh, about $180 in gasoline, keeping the generator running just so we like can keep all the niceties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, that was crazy. But I'm, I'm, I was so glad. I was like, you know, we should do some time traveling. You know, with Loki, we were inspired, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just jumped in the multiverse and we fucking did it. And I think that was a fantastic idea. It was great. We should do great. that. You know, we should do that more often when we think things are going to go awry. Yeah, yeah. Time traveling is fantastic. It, it just was great that that worked out the way it did. So we're gonna do this show with uh, one of the New Jersey Delphians. One of the New Jersey Delphians. It was supposed to be both New Jersey Delphians, and it still may be at some point. At some point, one of these New Jersey Delphians may join us. But uh, Dave is currently being detained in uh, the Royal Order of the wa- Water, Water Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah. kind of business. Um, he's getting his Flintstone on. Yep. so. Um, and we don't want to mess with that. Yep. And we know that's important to Dave. This so. hit our... Uh, our things we got to hit, and then we'll bring Jason in. Yeah, and then we're gonna bring we're gonna bring our guy in, Jason from the Sidebar Cantina will be joining us. Truth. And- uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all your favorite podcasting apps like iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible, and Google Play. Check out the Red Five Network for all kinds of excellent podcasts like Sarlacc Digest that just did a show connecting the Bad Batch finale to the heir to the Empire story. 
Nice. I found that super fucking interesting. Yeah. Really did. You'll have to check it out. It's it's worth the listen. You'll have to send me the link because I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I've been uh, I've been podcasted out. I know I've talked to you about it personally, but I've kind of felt uh, oh, it's even hard to explain. Almost a podcast pressure. I felt like I got to keep up with all these podcasts, and I mm-hmm. can't do it. And I'm I've got other things on my mind and other things going on in life, and trying to run our own show. And it's just like I felt kind of podcasted out. Yep. So I haven't made a whole lot of room for listening to a bunch of different things lately. I go through that occasionally, and then I just spend a lot of time listening to music for a while. And then after I like clear the slate, yeah, then I jump right back into it. I need to. I need a new. I need to make a new playlist. Yeah, you probably have some um, burden burdensome pods too. Yeah, that you got to shed once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um. Another uh, podcast we want to point out again, as we often do, a Star Wars journey with Ashley and Brandy. Um, They've gotten into season two of Rebels, and they're, lo and behold, like we said, starting to warm up to it. it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're not going to like everything, but it is getting better. It's going to get better than that. Yeah, it's going to hit you one day, and you'll be like, you son of a bitch, cutting onions? (laughs) You're cutting onions in here? No, Kane's a dick, I swear. No. Cutting onions, son of a bitch. Oh, my goodness. Um, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, please consider joining us live on Wednesday nights on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash ATSW, the escape pod. All one word. And please join us at patreon.com. Search ATSW, the escape pod and the search creator bar to support the show and get in on a, the exclusive escape crate. Hell yeah. Which we need to continue putting together for our friend Dave. <laughs> I picked up uh, the last couple things I got to had to pick up today, and the cup is almost done. Awesome! See, we're making progress. We're making progress. Well, dude, it took such a long time to figure out how, what I was going to do for the cup because we always try to get the cup to be themed within something we did within that mm-hmm. quarter of the show, and uh, I think Dave's going to like it. We actually try to get um, quite a few things in the box. Yeah, a lot of stuff in the um, box referencing what what's been going on in the last you know in some capacity or another uh please visit our store on tpublic.com search atsw the escape pod and make sure that you scroll down and look at all the random goodies like coffee mugs stickers and tote bags in addition to sweet t-shirts and hoodies well now we know what it sounds like when brady finishes yep i (laughs) kill follow the atsw underscore the escape pod on Instagram and at a, the escape pod on Twitter and join the ATSW <laughs> the escape pod uh, group on Facebook. Who just finished there, buddy? <laughs> Gay. 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 Oh, Gil. Giggity. Giggity Gil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to shout out the chat, brother? I do want to shout out the chat. Lunar Girl's in the chat. Jason Roskam's in the chat. Darius Payne is in the chat. What up, Darius? Um, Lunar, did I say Lunar Girl? Lunar Girl again. Uh, Use and Abuse Podcast. Press Play Streaming Studios is in the chat. Dragon Buddy. Hector Riviera. You know what Darius Payne reminds me? Like, he gives me this vibe because I've seen him delivering mail. Mm-hmm. Sorry to call out your job like that. But he looks like the kind of mailman, like, I wouldn't fuck with him. No. 
Like yeah. if he delivered the wrong piece of mail, like I wouldn't even call him out. I'd just take it like, over to the neighbor. I'd be like, no, bro, it's all good, I'll bro. I'll take it. Don't worry. No, you're, you're good, man. I seen him delivering mail, man. I was like, he had his twisted, he had his twisted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt on. I was uh-huh. like, this man's just rocking out and he was doing his thing. I was like, this brother looks badass. Right. Hell yeah. Uh, DJ Red Force in the chat. What up, DJ? Chantel's in the chat. Chantel. Uh, who else? Just Jen. Nice. We got a squad. We got that, a mafia. That means Jess is always close by doing Jesse things. He's probably uh, modding Skyrim for one reason or another. He got me back into it. I bought another fucking copy of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous at this point. All right. Let's get into our shout outs. First and foremost, always got to give a shout out to the Sidebar Cantina. That is the mothership. That is Dave and Jason. That is the New Jersey Delphians. That is the homies. They're doing their things. They just did their last episode on Brain Fart. Um, Brain Fart. Who? Who? Dave and Jason. Oh, it was on the Bad Batch. It was uh, in the last final three episodes of the Bad Batch. We're copying them. Yeah. Because we're totally biting their stuff. Except we started it first. We did start it first. We can argue about that when we bring you on. (laughs) Next, we have Using Abuse with Kim and Scott doing their thing, doing their two-for shows on Tuesday. The two-for Tuesdays at 5 a.m. and at 7 at night. Just fucking bringing that shit. That's Eastern Standard. It's like like buns on your Tuesday hamburger. Oh, nice. They they started off. And then then the buttery buns. They're the buttery buns. Yeah, the ones you put them right on the the grill. grill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good buns. Uh, next, we got Big Swede for Big Swede's Excellent Adventure and Tactical Swede and Swede Reacts on YouTube and doing his Swede Studio shit, always killing it with the music. And something, 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 Dark Swede. And Swede, we miss you. Where the fuck are you? Yeah, no shit. He's not even... He, I, when was the last time Swede was in the no, chat? No, we're going to stop calling him out. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. We're not. We love Swede. Yeah, he's awesome. So... Uh, Patreon shout out Scott and Kim Rasmussen, Todd Levin, Jen and Jess Bolt, Big Swede, Lunar Girl and Dragon Buddy, DJ Red Four, Richie the King Armbruster, Kristen Roscom, Ron Old Man Johnson, Backyard Tardis, Eric Dub Williams, Philly Dave Martin, and as always, Nostalgia Inc. for sponsoring the Escape Crate. Now, really quick before we bring Jason in here, do you think that Kristen chips in on the show, or do you think it's it's Jason's money that Kristen controls? You want to ask him? <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> Here, uh, now to speak up for himself, Jason Roscom. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and I will respond to that by saying Kristen has a job. She earns her own money. She uh, don't, she don't need no man. So, yeah, she is using her own money to support you guys. <laughs> she uh, she bought you that uh, amazing cape, cake with uh, uh, Jimson's name on it there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great, too. How <laughs> I don't, did that go? I, uh it looked good oh it was delicious it's like one of the best things i've ever had in my mouth yeah can you get yeah. on board with uh being recorded now to eat no no the what what's it called again the uh i don't know muck, i think it's muck weird bang? as well mukbang muck muck yeah. Yeah, yeah. i think that's, that's weird as shit as well I didn't even know it was a thing until it started getting brought up on the show. So I don't know where it came from. I would love to just forget it if I could, but <laughs> apparently thing, now it's, it's, yeah, it's a thing now and it's never going to die. So I and was Dave's going to drag, drag you into it some way or another. Yeah. I was in the studio eating a salad yesterday, getting ready to um, record that little blurb I did about 
free guy. Yeah. And I'm sitting there eating and I'm like, should I be recording this? <laughs> <laughs> this is really good salad eating. Well, okay. I guess how much money are we talking about here? Because there's a lot I'll do for the right dollar amount. This is the way I look at it. I'm going to eat this salad anyway. Yeah. I don't give a shit who hears me eat this salad. If it pays me 99 cents, I, I can get a cheeseburger tomorrow. Like it's, it's all going to pay, you know, benefit. I'm, I'm eating the salad regardless. Right. Yeah, I think I'm in 100%. You want to watch me eat? Yeah. If you're getting off to it, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but I'm flattered. Yep, that's going to be <laughs> me and Brady's new pre-show. We're just going to be like... <laughs> Sitting there eating. We, we do it every show we eat. We might as well record and get paid off of it. Right. Truth. Well, well let me it. know how that works out. We will. We will. <laughs> well, let's get into the show proper. You ready? Yeah, yeah. It's movie time. Movie time. It's movie time. Movie time. Oh, so good. Luna Girl and Dragon Buddy just kill it every time. Yep. You know the the best part about that is is they do it live every time. Yeah. They're we have them. Yeah, they're just sitting in the chat waiting until it's their turn and they they sing the song. And it's a fantastic song. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> uh, let's start out with uh, Taika Waititi's animated Flash Gordon will be transitioning into being a live action show instead. How the fuck does that decision get made? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, honestly, if, it, if, if that decision gets made now, they must be in pre-production. Like super pre-production. And therefore it could change again. Yeah, you know what? This is a little bit more difficult than we fucking thought, so we're not going to do that. But they kind of let Taika Waititi do whatever the fuck he wants now. Because Taika Waititi's killing it. Yeah, he, he, he's doing his thing. He ain't fucked up yet. Oh, Backyard Tardis in the chat. What's up, buddy? Um, carry on. You got anything to say on that, Jason? Just I love Taika Waititi. I think yeah. he's hilarious, and whatever he puts on screen, I'll at least give it a shot. You got to be careful saying that. If you're too drunk, you're probably going to get slapped. Did you just say touch my titty? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Dark City series in development from original director. I don't even know what that means. You're not familiar with the Dark City movie? No. Have you ever seen that, Jason? Is that the one with Brad Pitt and the animation and all that? No, no, no. That's, oh, what the fuck is that? I know that's what I initially thought of. It's in black and white, and it's kind of oh, like, that well, think um, you're thinking Sin City. I'm Sin thinking City. Sin City. That's what I'm thinking. No, I don't know what he's thinking either. Um, I you know if you haven't seen it, uh, it's hard to describe. It, you're talking like real deep sci-fi, Dark okay. City. Um, in fact, it's been so long since I've seen it. Uh. I've forgotten most of what it was about. Some of this news is not for us. It's for you. So we're just giving you a little nugget. Maybe you can go look it up. Right. Then you should. You should, because we told you to. This is cool. Yeah. The free guy Two. Ryan Reynolds confirmed Disney wants a sequel. And I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on it. But if the buzz is what it is and it's a good movie, then why not? You've already said that you want to buy it when it comes out. It deserves a sequel. Cool. Um, Did it leave it open for a sequel? Sure. They're not trying to shoehorn it in there just to gain a little. Nope. There was it, the end of it was, um, 
both complete and wide open. Fantastic. It was. It was. I the movie's really well written. Okay. Um, even if you don't like video games, you're gonna enjoy this movie. It's well written. Have you seen this, Jason? Have you seen Free Guy? No, I have not. I don't typically see new movies unless there's a Star Wars in the title. And even like with like uh, computers and shit, like you're a computer guy. So like I, I would imagine video games would fall into that realm, video game movies and dealing with technologies and stuff like that. I would think that would be up your up your alley. I'm not saying I, I wouldn't want to see it. And I thought the previews looked really good, but just going out to see movies anymore is kind of a pain in the ass uh, for me these days, be, be it time wise or the whole hassle of taking the whole family. So right. most movies, we wait for them to come out on some sort of streaming service with a few rare exceptions. Yeah. You don't have to wait long anymore either. Usually 90 days. And they're you see that new that GI Joe snake eyes. It's three weeks after it's released in theaters. It's already out. Oh, Think your guys' audio went out. Think you're muted. You've got the mute symbol. There yeah. we go. All right. It just randomly does. It that. just randomly happens sometimes. Huh. It hasn't happened in like five episodes. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, who knows, man? That totally threw me off. A of fucking Troy. We were race. talking about free guy. Yeah, sequels and sequels. And technology, but I think you really wanted to move yeah. to the next bullet. Oh, no, <laughs> we were we were talking about um that Snake Eyes movie. Yeah, being out on streaming already. I was never going to go see that at the theater. No, I had no. Oh yeah, do this. Give it. Let Jason read this one. Yeah, Jason, read this one. All right. So the Obi Wan series has completed filming and is due out sometime mid twenty twenty two. Don't get it anywhere. Oh, he got it everywhere. So, yeah, this is something that's been in development for quite some time between all the old rumors from like six, seven years ago of an Obi-Wan movie being made. And then it became a Disney Plus series and the COVID kind of threw a wrench into all those plans. But finally, it the, the filming is allegedly complete. Like, I don't know where the, the source from this is, but I, I heard the same thing earlier today. And um, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that was on the Disney site. Oh, okay. Then it's legit. But yeah, either way, we knew it was in production. We knew it was close to being done. And now uh, we have something else to look forward to in the Star Wars universe. Hell yeah. I'm one of the I'm one of the ones who's looking forward to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, I know there's people who are in the like they don't need it and that's fine. But I didn't read the books. I don't know who could possibly not need more Obi-Wan Kenobi. Especially as Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Like, he's, he's dead sexy. They're doing it right. Like, it's going to be good shit. I still, it's too late for anybody to give a shit what I think. Maybe but, not, though. They might be listening and they may be like, that fucking Don Dellis Nooch has a great yeah. fucking idea. If if I would have been writing the show, it would have been um, old Ben sitting in the cantina talking with somebody, telling stories. Or around a fire or something. And it would be like... And then blah, blah, blah happened. And then it's like all flashback. And then you could just tell like small stories from whatever his timeline, you know, fill in whatever cracks you wanted to. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they said it was only going to be four episodes, an hour or two each. 
something like that. It's, it's pretty short overall yeah. time time wise, but it's longer episodes than what you would see in Mandalorian or Bad Batch. But uh, yeah, I'm, only I'm gonna like forty eight hours. Yeah, feed this baby bird. Yeah, whatever they make, I'm gonna eat it. I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready to digest it. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to. I can't wait. I, all the Star Wars. Well, it's time for video games. Power up. I'm bad. Get over here. Nice. Love it. Um, August 6th was the 35th anniversary of Nintendo's smash hit Metroid. So we did a poll of the best games of the series. And here are the Metroid poll results. So... Um, the four, well, three biggest titles in the Metroid series were the original NES Metroid, Super Metroid, and the Metroid Prime series. The rest of them were on handhelds or smaller games or whatever. So the way I structured the, um, the thing was there was the NES, the Super Nintendo, and then the Metroid Prime series. And then I'd left a slot for all other, right. Okay. You know, oh. So if you liked any of the other ones, you were going to fall in that category. SNES Metroid, 37%. Metroid Prime, 11%. Other Metroids, 8%. Super Metroid came out on top, 44% out of uh, 200. And I don't think I voted. That's what I would have voted for, Super Metroid. That game was just tit. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, I I didn't get into those kind of games, but I enjoyed playing that on the Super Nintendo when I got to play it because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. So when I got to play it at other people's houses, I enjoyed it. What's your take on Metroid, Jason? Well, so I'm a I'm a classic NES guy, so I played the shit out of the original Metroid. Like I could talk for half an hour on how much I love the original Metroid. But honestly, if I had to pick, I'd say one of the ones from the handhelds, the Metroid Fusion, was mm-hmm. probably the best overall quality Metroid game, in my opinion. I know a lot of people love the Prime series, but if you really go back and try to play like the original Metroid Prime now with those original controls, eh, it's it's a little wonky. Right. So I think that that's what the uh, the rose tinted glasses or whatever the uh, the saying is there. But no, I think Metroid Fusion was the best overall Metroid game. But I really have a soft spot in my heart for the original Metroid. Fair enough. Yeah, I never got in the hand. I didn't get much past handholds after Game Boy. Like I had an original Game Boy, and then I didn't go. I didn't get a Game Boy Color. I never. Nope. I, I never, never owned like, any of that. I know like you and Dave with TDYs and stuff, that was definitely your thing with flying and stuff. My mom was yeah. the same way. She was a loadmaster, and that's what she had. A, she had a Game Boy Color and stuff like that. I just never, I never got into that. I was always into music. Yeah. Backyard Tardis says Metroid Fusion was his favorite. There you um, go. Remind me, Metroid Fusion was the one where the, the game was happening on the screen, but the little sub screen was like the map, right? No, no, you're thinking the ones for the DS. The Metroid Fusion was the Game Boy Advance, just a single screen. Oh, okay. It, yeah, 2D side-scroller uh, in the vein of Super Metroid and all that. Just uh, Question in the different. chat, Jason, do you still have a notebook filled with passwords for Metroid? Fucking right, I do. I think it's right here behind me. Holy shit. All I remember is the Justin Bailey one. All right, just real quick, since it came up. Maybe you can see this on the YouTube. Jeez, look at Holy that. Shit. 
I've got like five pages of old Metroid codes. This is all from when I was a kid in the eighties playing that's Metroid. Awesome. And, I, and I still that's, have this book today. That's so cool. That's so cool. I wish I'd have not gotten in so much trouble and my, my parents throw that shit away. Right. Okay. Uh, this is a interesting one. I didn't know anything about this. The, the wayward realms is announced for the, uh, by the former elder scrolls developers. The studio is helmed by Ted Peterson and Julian LaFay, who are both lead developers in the Elder Scrolls Arena and the Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall. I didn't play that game, Drag- or Daggerfall. <clears throat> um, I, I onboarded Elder Scrolls at Skyrim, and then I went back and played... Um, Fuck, I can't remember what the game Riven something Rivendell or Yep, I believe you did because I, I never played any of that. The shit. one that came out before that, and uh, you're talking Oblivion. Oblivion, the, thank the you. The fourth Elder Scrolls game, which is the greatest video game ever created. Right. Fuck Skyrim. <laughs> oh, I I'm on like my fourth copy of Skyrim. Um, and now that they've got all the mods and stuff, you just make it look so beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. I can't remember what game my son's been modding. My son's been modding a game lately too, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of mods for Fallout 4 too, so I'm, I'm probably going to get involved in that again soon. Jesus. Uh, Splitgate developers say they can't just buy more servers to deal with exploding player numbers. Is that a free game? I don't know. Because if it's, if it's a game that people pay for, then you better fucking do it. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of citing uh, the fact that the, there's just not a lot of qualified people to run the system. Um, so even if they buy new hardware, the people, that people with the expertise that they need to jump in and manage it are uh, not available. They better get available. So uh, they're kind of a victim of their own success. I don't want to hear excuses. Um, But I guess it's a first-person shooter. Um, I'm going to look and see how much it costs. I know how much you love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. But see, here's the thing. I'm talking. Yeah, as as well you should. as, As you should do. As one would do in this situation while you fuck around on your phone looking shit up. You're right. And while he's doing that, I got to say, I've never heard of this fucking game in my life. So <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, man. I, well, it's it's news to me. Oh, it's a free to play PVP okay, portal then. shooter. Then it happens. Um, And it basically says or it's basically um, uh, Halo, but with portals. Well, you're getting a free game. So shut your mouth. Yeah. But I guess like people are waiting in queues like 90 minutes. Well, oh well. Yeah. Get a life. It's not my my games. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel about it. That's how you feel? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Sports. Maybe. Sports talk. And now it's time for Sports Talk with your hosts, Dangerous Don Juan Delanooch, beautiful Brady Lovin, here on the Escape Pod. Yeah, rock and roll. Doesn't that just sound like it's like WWF's like intro or something? 
it is one of their old intros. For, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, that's that's their original WrestleMania theme from like WrestleMania four or five time frame. Oh, nice! Oh, Dar- that's awesome. Darius that- did a hell of a job making that. That's awesome that you know that though, because that <laughs> whoosh, I had no fucking idea. I just thought it was some random. Oh music. yeah, no, I I used to be a massive wrestling fan back in the eighties yeah, uh, through the nineties. I've heard on the sidebar cantina. I've heard, I've heard you talk about that and bring up different stories like that, but I had no clue that that was even remotely close to a WWE or WWF thing at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that guitar riff that's directly taken from one of their, uh, that's one of their old pay-per-view shows. Darius is a huge wrestling fan. Now me personally, about the only wrestling I ever watched was strangle mania. Strangle mania. You never heard of strangle mania? No. Okay, so ICP. Oh my God! Made say no more. Okay, you know how like the big thing now is people talking over videos that already existed on the internet. Yeah, where they make them funny. Yeah, ICP did that way back in the like mid nineties. Okay, they're like on VHS, and they're like um, wrestling matches and shit that are like Mick Foley and guys like that, but like over in Japan where they have these real heavy duty, like wrestling matches with like barbed wire and all kinds of shit. And they're fucking each other up. Like there's one where Mick Foley goes up on a ladder and like drops an elbow from the top of the ladder onto a guy that's laying on a, on a sheet of plywood. That's got razor wire or uh, stapled to it. They're like bleeding all over. It's fucking sick. What Sounds the about right. hell? It is. It's so funny. I would watch that. It, I'm telling you, it's amazing. I mean, I have nothing against wrestling. Yeah, but I would watch this shit out of that. It's funny. Like there was like two great big wrestlers, like big dudes, and uh, they call them Ponderosa and Sweden House. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny. Does that reference not hit you? Jason. Sorry, I was I was distracted by the chat. Oh, just said some very hurtful things about Oblivion, but then she made up for it later. <laughs> well, you called him a she, so it's even. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> All right, back to what we were here for. This one's really near and dear to my heart. Uh, Nebraska and coach Scott Frost under NCAA investigation for improper use of analysts. And sources told Action Network HQ during the pandemic, um, Nebraska held unauthorized off-campus workouts under staff direction to avoid detection by the school's officials um, and the NCAA. Yeah. And fuck Scott Frost. <laughs> and once again, fuck Scott Frost in the neck with a shovel. Oh, my goodness. So... Jason, I know that you are um, uh, a Michigan fan. Oh, of course. Uh, by way of Jim Harbaugh, um, my great you guys. So, um, we're in, talking football, right? That's that's the one where they don't have bats. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> in in 1997, um, Michigan won a national championship. Yes, I agree. Um, Nebraska had a uh, record the same as Michigan's, although Michigan played harder teams. 
the the new uh, BCS system would have weeded that out. Mm-hmm. So this he, was the old the old coach poll days or whatever it was. Correct. Yeah, he whined uh, Scott Frost, who at the time was the quarterback for Nebraska, whined and pissed and moaned to the NCAA until they made them co-champions. So wow. the last the last uh, Michigan national championship is tainted by Scott Frost, so he can suck a dick. <laughs> Gay. A big old heaping bag yeah. of Richards. Yeah, you gave me a soapbox, and that's what happens. <laughs> Nebraska and Scott Frost can suck a dick. <laughs> um, fantasy drafts are starting next week's for most leagues. Are you ready? Are you ready? Well, clearly, I don't know. I don't know if Brady's ready yet because he was posting on Facebook this morning, I think it was, asking for uh, no, that fantasy was... football podcast ideas. That was... That was yesterday. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to comment. But I wanted, no, but I was listening to different ones, but I wanted to see what people recommended because right. I was already listening to the ESPN one. It's not going to help you, man. Just just stop. You're, you're not well, going to win. Wasn't much, just let it, it go. wasn't much help because everybody was talking about the same shit because only one fucking week of preseason games have been yeah, played. Yeah, there's nothing to so, know. Like, there was really nothing to get out of it. It was the same Justin Fields and... And the rookie from the Jets and um, uh, the, so all he, these other damn rookies. Here's the problem with using um, podcasts and guides and things like that to build your fantasy team. It's all based on what they did last year. Yeah. Or what they're doing in the preseason or speculation about oh, what I may or may that. not happen. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, and then you pick everybody and then your um, wide receiver one and your running back two fucking pull their hammies week one or it, worse in the preseason, and then your whole shit's gone to fuck anyway. Well, that's what happened last year. You just hope that you pick really bad and get lucky like Jason did last year. You, don't, you I, don't need luck when you have instincts. All right. I, oh, please. As I recall, somebody got like a C minus for yeah, his pick yeah. score. Yeah, because I don't give a shit what the computers think. <laughs> I know what's good. Uh-huh. My whole team that I drafted was almost the exact team that I had at the end of the season. Didn't have to do a shitload of transactions. I knew what I was doing. Well, there you have it. And you will all bow down to your no. fantasy football champion for at least a few more months. As far as I'm last or concerned, uh, Keith is the last guy that won the championship. <laughs> Keith's gunning for you this year. Yeah, he's mad. Yeah, he's a little angry. Uh, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Tim Tebow uh, is released by the Jaguars, ending his tight end experiment. It says... Uh, he's grateful for the chance. Yep. Hey, I like the dude as a human being. I think he's a good dude. He tries to do good stuff, but mm-hmm. playing tight end is not your business in the no. NFL. You maybe if you'd have transitioned into that earlier. Yeah, it's about six years in, too late. On yeah, you just you waited way too long on that. He kind of got the raw deal about all the shit that went on, like when he was still playing. But once the ship sailed, man, it's fucking gone. Yeah, it's like. You have to be a special somebody to pull off one of them comebacks yeah. in a position you've never fucking played. Yeah, he should have took some of those TV jobs and just got the money. 
Yeah, or st- stuck with the baseball thing because I'm sure he's getting paid for the baseball thing. I know he had a contract with Adidas. Did he? He had a See? sponsorship with Adidas. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just go, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take what's handed to me." And oh, um, college football teams are in their second full week of fall camp. This is when it gets serious. But as of now, no season changing injuries report from the Big Ten teams. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Don, you need to address the underdog conference issue. This is something near and dear to your okay. heart. Okay, so here we go. It's again. Um, it's it's workout week. It's it's camp week for um, college football, and every year during um, fall camp, all the fans of the lower conferences below the Power Five conferences. They all start whining about how the the new playoff system doesn't allow for um, these small conference teams to have a shot at the playoffs. Ah, uh, big oh, sweet, sweet. That's not cool. Fuck Ohio State. Wow, I'm with you on the fuck Ohio State though. Michigan thing was kind of hurtful. Yeah, but I'll let it slide. Fuck Ohio State. Fuck Ohio State. I'll let it slide. <laughs> um. So this this came up today uh on a friend of our show and this this is where I'm at on this. While I respect the um point of view that 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 some of these smaller schools, um let's say Miami of Ohio, you know, they think that they want a shot at the champ. But in reality, like some schools just have to admit that when it comes to playing football in the in the large pool that is all the teams, what is there, 115 teams or something like that? Metric fuck ton. If, if you are one of these um, smaller teams, whether you're in the MAC or the Mountain West or uh, the Sun Belt or whatever, you're welcome to step up to the champs, but that top 25 is going to level you 99% of the time. You might upset somebody. Sure. But you're probably not going to do it in the bowl game. No, it's for sure. You're probably not going to, you know what I mean? Like, even if they do, uh, uh, March madness style bracket. Okay. The reality is those elite eight teams, don't want to injure their wide receiver on BYU. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, insert name of whatever team it is that uh, UTEP, you know, nobody wants to blow out the ACL on their best running back back because he broke North on UTEP and blew his shit out halfway in his run. Right. Like nobody wants to do that. So, I don't know what the point is. It's not basketball. Like yeah. almost any team can compete with almost any team in basketball on any given night. On any given night. Yeah. Now the the better teams will eventually probably pull away in the marathon. But most of uh bigger teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, um Clemson, uh Florida State 
you know, I don't know. You're talking basketball or football? Football. Oh, okay. Play these smaller schools to tune up. Yeah. Like you might think you got a shot at the champ because you played them in the first couple, two, three games. But once they get to week eight, they're going to fucking steamroll you. (laughs) They're just going to fucking murder you. DJ's got a point. They'll show up if the money's there. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, is is these smaller conferences. I don't know if they don't understand the reason why those smaller conferences play the bigger schools and get fucking reamed over it is because the big schools pay them. Yeah, they get paid a lot of money. That's part of um, where they get their programs budget from. Yeah. Yeah. Is they hey, come here. We'll warm up on you. And then we're going to take it to, I don't know. Uh, I don't fuck. I'm drawing blanks on names. <laughs> Your ranting is so yeah, vicious. I'm, I'm, You're just like. Ah, ah, ah. This drives me crazy every year. And I mean, yes. Like, like Michigan almost lost to Army last year. Like it does happen. But on a normal year. Yeah. Michigan runs over Army by, I don't know, 30 points. But Mich- correct me if I'm wrong. Army had one of their better teams. Army had, had one of their best teams their in best forever. Teams. Yeah, yeah. But let's say you're the Utah Utes. Like you're not going to come over here, and uh, and I I don't even want to toot Michigan's horn. Let's go. You're not going to play MSU as bad as they are right now, and not get your shit pushed in. Yeah, you're talking a different breed of athlete. You're, yeah, you're talking. You're talking. You're what? What's your best athlete on that team? A two star? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you got a three star, it's because he grew up in that town. Yeah, he grew up in that state, and he's just got a loyal. He's been a loyal fan his whole life. Right. Where are you weigh in on this, Mister Roscom? So, everything that you've just talked about is one of the main reasons why I don't really get that much into college football because it does seem like a convoluted, disorganized mess at times, and like you said, with this plethora of fucking schools out there and you've got all these ones at the top and then all these other like low tier schools. It just, I don't know. I was never that big into college to begin with. And this is one of the main reasons why. So you don't like that. There's not the uh, duality between, um, you know, like teams just aren't all about the same. Right. Yeah. Well, I, and you know, the lack of structure and playoffs and the, the way that the, the NFL is structured, that's what I grew up on. And then trying mm-hmm. to introduce college and the way that they've always tried to fucking do things. It's just not my cup of tea, mostly I because came, I don't like big pieces of shit in my tea. Whoa. I came to the uh, college game late. I'm like you, I was a, I was a pro football game game guy like through and through. That's what I got. But then when I moved up here and I became so close to it, and you go to a game, like once you go to one game, it just pulls you in and you're like, I'm a part of this. This is something different. Yeah. And it, it's really a different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So I've grown to that attachment of college football, but it, 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 it took me a while to get there because yeah. I was a pro guy myself. Going, going to a pro game versus going to a college game is the difference between being invited to the barbecue and being part of the family. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's a different vibe. Like I've been to three different pro football stadiums and their fan bases can be relatively ravenous, but not as vicious as a college. You go to a college game and the vibe is just so much different. Yeah. I don't know. You got to remember, I do live right over the bridge from Philadelphia. 
and right. the Eagle Stadium. I could probably hit a golf ball and hit the Eagle Stadium from here. So yeah, I remember hey, that. How many times have you seen the Eagles play? Enough. Enough. <laughs> Two. Um. Yeah, and and you're completely detached unless they're playing the 49ers, right? Yes, which is in a few weeks, actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is that a preseason or a, a no? Record? It's it's the Eagles' first home game. Oh shit! Oh, boy. Is there a, is there a, a board bet on that? No, there but there needs to be. be. There needs the next show. There needs to be a board bet yeah. on that. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, remind us in the chat if uh, Luna Girl. Luna Girl. There needs to be a board bet. Are you guys going to the game? I'd like to. I'd really like to. Though obviously, I'd never get caught dead wearing 49ers gear into that fucking stadium. Why? You just because start stabbing I- folks. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot more of them than than of us. So, if 49ers fans can wear their stuff to Detroit, they surely can in Philly. Go with Dave. Yeah, go with Dave. Just go with Dave. Yeah. Just wear a red T-shirt just to be safe, right? Uh, and be like, no, no, no! I'm the quarterback. You're not supposed to hit me. Yeah, get a custom-made Philadelphia Beagles Jack, you know, jersey. Wait, with like a say? dog on it. Oh, anywho. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. These are the hot sheets. Best investigator reporting on the planet. Uh, Disney Plus reportedly rebooting Joss Whedon's Firefly. According to We Got This Covered. I think that's cool. Um, but I don't know why. I is it going to have all the same people? Like, because wasn't uh, Alan Tudyk a part of that? Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know nothing about who's star be rose. In it. You know, to where he's be like, no, I mean that was it had its time. I'm good. Yeah. Um, and then at this point, Joss Whedon's pretty fucking toxic. Yeah. So if if he's not writing it, then who is? Okay. Is it? Is at that point, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and who's the guy that played the captain on Firefly? Oh, the actor? Yeah, he was just in uh, uh, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Um, I'm, the chat's going to tell us in T minus not. five, four, three, two, and I was wrong. Nathan Fillion? Nathan Fillion. The chat did. Nice. See, just Jen coming through. And Dragon Bunny. So, if you if you take out Joss Whedon, and I'm sure Nathan Fillion would do it, but I don't know if um, the guy you just said, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Thank you. Um, he might be too busy. So then, is it Firefly? Right. Is, is it is it going to have all that the original stuff that made it what it was? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm like this on this whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I never got into Firefly. I never bothered because I know that mean too. There's it no... was one season and then I guess the end ends on like a incomplete thought. Yeah. So Yeah, I was gonna say the there's only two things I know about Firefly. One that it ended early, and two that it had a completely ravenous fan base. Like very dedicated fan base, but either way it got canceled early, so Hi, Brandy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Brandy from uh, uh, Ashley and Brandy. Yes. 
And their Star Wars journey. It is their Star Wars journey. It's fantastic. See, we told you you guys were going to warm up to Rebels. Ha ha. <laughs> it gets so much better. It gets so much better. Okay. Refer uh, to the beginning of the show. Red Hood movie rumored. Uh, Tanner Buchanan eyed for Jason Todd. Don't know who Tanner Buchanan yes, is? Yes, you do. Okay, I do. I do. Yes. I was just testing you. Um, He was the um kid from the new Karate Kid TV show. That I don't watch. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. You don't watch it either? What, Cobra Kai? Yeah. He's a I fucking fuck. love Cobra this. Kai. That's Are you what kidding I me? Yeah, he loves that. So, so uh, Tanner Buchanan is the... Um, the kid that ends up dating uh what's his face's daughter oh he plays um Daniel's johnny's son? daughter yes okay yep that kid um so i i i think the kid's a great actor so i'm down do it do it you um, do it taika watiti rumored to direct dc movie green lantern this dude's got an awful, he's got an awful lot on his plate. Like if all these rumors about Taika Waititi doing all these shows and movies and everything, he's got a shitload of stuff lined up. He's lined up to do a Star Wars movie. He's still mm-hmm. doing what we do in the shadows. He's got the two things that you guys have talked about already today. Yep. He seems to uh, work. He might yeah. be one of those dudes who's just driven like that. Yeah. I don't know what his family life is, but his might, work he, life is serious. A single dude. Oh, see? Cause like he's one of those artsy fartsy dudes. Yeah. Like he, like he, I, when I say artsy fartsy, like he covers the whole spectrum of like comedy. He can paint. He's an artist. Like right. he can do that. He's, I think he's a musician. Like he can do all of that shit. He just has no time to fuck with people. Cause he's too busy making shit. Yeah. Was, was he involved in Thor love and thunder at all? Cause I know he did Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's yeah. the director for Love and Thunder. Okay, so they yeah. did bring him back for that one. Yeah, so, yeah and then he, he plays the uh, rock guy, Korg. Korg. Mm. So I'm sure Korg will be in Love and Thunder. And Korg just did the commercial with oh, Ryan, so Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Do you see that? Yeah. Oh, God, that shit's funny. That mm-hmm. was really great. So, like, yeah, he's a busy-ass dude. Mm-hmm. But if, if he has no family and like he's like, this is what I want to do, leave me the fuck alone, then that's what he does. Right, right. Uh, the buzz around the rumor mill is that there has been a casting call for someone to play Sabine Wren. And on yes, I know I misspelled that. On the Ahsoka yeah. series. Yep. So we may be getting uh, Sabine Wren. Hell yeah. Why not? Give me all the Rebels. Give me Zeb. Let me see Zeb in the live live world. That'd be dope. It would be. CG. Yeah. That still would be. Uh, with the CG, what they can do now? I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a try. If they did Zeb as good as Marvel did Korg, I'm in. Hell yeah. Like Korg looks like he was real. Yeah, he looks like he's made out of rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd love to see all of these characters from Rebels, you know, in this timeline, what 30 plus years later, and see what, what they're all up to now and and all that. That'd be fun. Yep. See Chopper running around. <laughs> That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good chopper. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, that is wrong. Let's get into the main topic. Are you ready? Do we need to take a pee break? Do you need to take a pee break? I think I should. Okay, you I didn't pee before the show. You go. 
I'd say yes. Yes. Jason says I should say yes. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got something for you. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Hello. This is George Decay reminding you, Don and Brady, for your mid-show pee break. Oh my, may I watch? <laughs> Wang. Nostalgia Inc. in downtown Jackson is your one-stop shop for comic books, graphic novels, tabletop games, supplies, and tons of other super nerdy stuff. They have everything from your favorite superhero comics to all the latest manga and horror graphic novels. Superman, Spider-Man, The Avengers, My Little Pony, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Hero Academia, Star Wars, and Batman are just a few of the familiar titles you will see while browsing through the store. And don't forget to check out their back catalog. And for all your tabletop needs, Nostalgia has the largest in-stock selection in the area of Dungeons & Dragons books, miniatures, and more. As well, they have the latest Magic the Gathering and Pokemon card game releases. Store hours are currently 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. So come to downtown Jackson and get nostalgic at Nostalgia Inc. What's up, everybody? This is Big Lovin' and Don Della Snooch. We wanted to take a minute to tell you how to get more from the Escape Pod experience. Become a Patreon supporter and you will get lots of bonus content, including movie reviews, videos from Comic-Cons, behind-the-scenes content, and more. But even better, Patreon supporters get extra entries into the quarterly drawing for the Escape Crate. The Escape Crate is full of great stuff like t-shirts, Funko Pops, stickers, mugs, and other random goodies. The higher the membership level, the more entries per month month you'll earn you also can receive one entry per episode you share on social media so if you have a couple extra bucks toss us some we will use it for covering the cost of hosting the show paying for boosts at cons and equipment upgrades thanks Thanks for for all the support support. and And now now back back to to the show um let's get into the bad batch season one shall we yes uh before the end of the clone wars while the bad batch defective clones hunter tech crosshair and wrecker plus cyborg clone Echo, our assisting Jedi Master Dippa Balaba uh, and her Padawan Caleb Doom on Kaler. Order 66 is issued, and Billa Balabo... Billa... 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 Fuck, I can't say it now. Dippa Balaba. Dippa Balaba. That's right. Uh, she was killed by her clones. <laughs> the Bad Batch receive an order too. We but... didn't just laugh at that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but only Crosshair feels compelled to obey it. Hunter lets Doom escape. Uh, returning to Kamino, the Bad Batch learn that the war is over. The Empire has replaced the Republic, and they have a young girl, Omega, who is another defective clone. Admiral Tarkin arrives to evaluate the clone's viability. It sends the Bad Batch to eliminate a group of insurgents on Onderon. Uh, while they discover that the insurgents are actually fugitives under Saw Guerrera, uh, who refuse to submit to the new empire. Hunter has been, or has his men abandoned the mission and returned for Omega. They're arrested for treason, and Tarkin has Crosshair's inhibitor chip enhanced, turning him against the squad mates and uh, forcing the Bad Batch to flee with Omega. What you got there, buddy? Well, the first thing that stood out to me about this episode was we found or we met Caleb Doom. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Seeing Fred in here and Freddie Pence Jr., like I instantly recognized it. The only thing about that was his voice was too deep. It for, was too deep for the age. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was hitting puberty at a young age. It sure. Happens. Sure. Swinging Should the happen. big lightsaber, so to speak. He probably had to shave. 
You never know. Yeah. Yeah, and you knew they had to start the show off with a bang. But I think even before that, even before we saw him, was that that intro screen where it starts off with the Clone Wars logo, and then it kind of burns away into the Bad Batch logo to kind of tell us that you know we're basically transitioning from the Clone Wars to the Bad Batch now. But it's you know keeping true to those original ties, and it even starts off with that uh, original narrator. Which God, I wish Dave was here right now. He does the narrator voice really well. He we got really that does. for this. Yeah, we got that for this one episode. Again, as part of that transition from Clone Wars to Bad Batch, which yeah, we never get it again. No, no, it was only in this episode. Same That's with right. the the Clone Wars logo burning into the Bad Batch. We only got that at the beginning of this, but it was a great way to transition from that last season of Clone Wars into this. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> oh, I just tried to murder myself. Don't do that. <coughs> Be safe. Wow. Um. Anything else that uh, really stood out to you guys about this episode? I mean, well, we saw, saw. Well, it's interesting because I don't know if you guys have rewatched this first episode recently, but I just rewatched it again in preparation for this after seeing the finale and everything. And it's kind of neat the way they, they brought a lot of things around. There was a little line in this episode that I never really thought about at all. But after you see the finale, it kind of makes sense. They go into their barracks and they, they're complaining about the smell. It's like, oh, the smell's getting worse. And uh, you know, Crosshair makes a, a joke about, oh, you never get used to it or anything like that. The very last episode, when they go back into their barracks after Camino is basically sinking, spoiler alert, uh, right. they're like, oh, the smell's gone. So <laughs> that, you have a really neat little callback that I never would have caught if I right. hadn't rewatched this first episode. That's and cool. also, and I think it also shows how you know, Filoni has made Omega a very likable character from this first episode because this first episode, I'm just like, what's with the little annoying fucking kid like following these guys around and everything else. But then you find out over the course of the season where she really came from, what she's all about. And mm-hmm. it makes a ton of sense why she's like immediately attached to them and why she's following right. them around and wanting to hang out with them. Yep. And I, I felt that was something that they could have done that could have really ruined the show is Omega and Wrecker they really could have screwed their characters up and they didn't. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that because they could have made Wrecker like the bumbling idiot. Like he just feels like the muscle who like, he doesn't have the greatest ideas. So we're not really going to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just going to pick shit up and carry it. But they really could have gone the wrong direction with him. And I felt like they could have done the same thing with Omega and they didn't do that. They kind of made Wrecker the heart. Yeah. I mean, every, everything, is kind of in the beginning processed through his emotional filter. Right. Not everybody else's. Yeah. And that relationship that he develops with Omega throughout the series is, you know, pretty heartwarming, but it's, it's a very childlike relationship because he's got kind of that childlike mind and she is a kid, uh, which is why they kind of connect immediately. But yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk about the rest as we go along. Um, the bad batch and Omega seek refuge on, Salamuchi. Salami. Salauchi. Salucci. Salakami. Salakami. The commies. Oh, God. Did we really pay attention? No. 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 I, uh, I haven't even seen the show. <laughs> the Bad Batch and Omega seek refuge on Salami with clone deserter Cut Laquan, who tells them about the inhibitor chips which program the regular clones and Crosshair to be loyal to the Empire after Order 66. Oh. With increased military presence from the Empire, Cut plans to escape with his family, but they discover the newly introduced chain codes are needed to book public transport. Knowing Cut would be arrested if he tried to get one, Tech and Echo steal some chain codes, and Omega helps deliver them to Cut and his family in time for them to board the transport. 
Hunter attempts to send Omega with Cut as he thinks he needs his family, but she decides to stay with the Bad Batch. I enjoyed this episode. See, I thought this was the first filler episode to me. Oh, really? Although it has two or three like super important things that they needed to set up. They needed to set up chain codes. They needed to set up the um, the emotion of the people in the galaxy when they ha- were like, oh, shit, the rules just changed. Yeah. You know, like there's there's good stuff in here, but um, the interacting with cut and stuff like that, that all just seems like a bunch of uh, well, addition. F- okay. For the most part, I think you're probably right. However, I think the reason why we were reintroduced to cut from the Clone Wars, the clone that deserted, married a hot Twi'lek, adopted her kids, uh, was to kind of redemonstrate to the audience if you if, for people who didn't watch Clone Wars um, to let people know that clones have been doing this from the start and they build on this as we go throughout the season is that clones uh, don't always follow orders and they they kind of do sometimes do their own thing and you know maybe even reject their inhibitor chips so I think this was just a good way to introduce us or reintroduce us to that concept of how clones can have these these feelings and these thoughts to want to break away from what they were bred and programmed to do and you know do other things well i i I can't remember if it was you or uh dave who said on uh last episode of sidebar cantina oh my god i just brain farted oh my god pothole pothole um that the clones were starting to they were starting to uh break away was order 66 just a jedi thing like I can't remember if it was yeah. you or David said that was that uh, Order sixty six just a dead, uh, Jedi thing. To now they're like, wait, I did the Jedi thing. Now I didn't swear my allegiance to this Empire. It was to the Republic. Like right, and the, doing- the, yeah. The farther away we get from Order sixty six, the more of the clones are like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Right, right. right. I, I really, I really felt that when you guys said that. That really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now I have read that um, the all of that allegiance stuff and all of that was part of the chips um, programming. Um, but as we can see, like not everybody got all of the message. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so, you know, it's easy to get somebody to uh, do what you're, they're told in a moment. It's way different to get them to maintain, that. maintain and think that way forever. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, you, you somebody can be like, hey, grab that guy, you know, when somebody's running by it and you'll grab him. But then you'll be like, wait, why did I? Grab then then when that guy comes behind and stabs him, you're like, oh, fuck, I should have let him go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you know, give it a little extra time. You might change Jesus, your mind. That was dark, man. That went dark quick. Uh, you know, I saw that in a in a story. I want to say it might be a Ray Bradbury story or something. It's so, somebody else had that idea long before I did. Oh my god! But I mean, it's just that, like, in an in a moment, you just follow orders, right? You know, when the shit hits the fan, your your flight or fight is just like, yep, do what you're told. Pick up that bucket, right? It's hot as shit. Burnt the fuck out of my hand. I wish you would have let me know. Right? Yeah. Anyway, anything else about this episode stand out to you guys? No, just I like the callbacks. Uh, and we get this a lot throughout the whole Bad Batch ser- 
uh, first season is so many callbacks to other pieces of canon, be it tons of callbacks to Clone Wars or things that it alludes to from Rogue One or things from Mandalorian, like the, the chain codes that were mentioned in this episode. We were first introduced to that in an episode of the Mandalorian. Right. So, and they're now they're building on it and they're explaining where these chain codes came from. Uh, so. No, technically we learned of chain codes in Solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because they needed the chain codes to, to get onto the ship. Yep. Uh, Kira and Solo. Yeah. Hence the uh, paying them off with coaxium. Because they didn't have chain codes. Nice. Yeah. Good Figure call. that out on the spot. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it kind of calls back to um, that whole idea of, you know, in Christianity, too, when uh, they talk about, like, people taking the mark at the end and then people go, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and that's kind of what we saw in this episode too. Like some people were like, fuck you. I'm not taking a chain code. You can eat a bucket of dick. <laughs> All right. Am I doing this next episode? It's you. The bad batch and Omega are stranded on a moon after their ship was damaged on salami and an Ordo moon dragon steals the part that they need to repair it. Hunter and Omega set out to retrieve it, but Hunter is incapacitated. Omega continues alone and is able to track the dragon, retrieving the part without a fight. On Kamino, Tarkin and Admiral Rampart put Crosshair in command of a new unit of conscripted soldiers that are sent to Onderon to wipe out Guerrera's camp. Guerrera is already gone, and Crosshair kills one disloyal recruit, but the best, the rest comply and otherwise successful. Tarkin sees potential for conscripted soldiers concerning Kamino and Prime Minister Lamasu. This episode was the one where I was like, oh, this is for real. This is the episode where I was like, is she force sensitive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we get a few hints of this early on in the season, but they don't yeah. really pay it so off later pay on. off in the first season, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. So I don't it, think she's force sensitive. I think she just has a strong grip on strategy. And she she knew that the, the dragons were... Uh, pissed off about the flashlights no, the electricity they get off they get the power they eat the basically the energy from the battery right so she just was like throw that over there and then i'll go pick up the thing and we can go yeah but yeah this was the one where shit you're like oh yeah they they mean tarkin ain't fucking around yep yeah um crosshair just like murks somebody for not doing what they're told yeah they go this is this is this is war yeah, because and this is one of the big questions that we had after seeing the prequels. What happened to all of the clones after Revenge of the Sith? And this was something that even after Disney took over and we got all this extra canon, we never really knew what happened to them all. So this is starting to really tell that story about how the conscripted soldiers are the ones that eventually replaced the clones and Operation War Mantle and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's one, is- of, that's one of the best things I'm enjoying about this Bad Batch series is learning these things in this time that we've skipped over, but now we're talking about it and we're going to see what's what's happening. I'm really enjoying this time and and what they're presenting with us. It's 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 pretty fucking rocking. I like yeah. that uh, th- that uh, filling in the middle part. Yeah, yeah. And how we can connect it from here to there. Like, oh, we'll talk about it later. There's other stuff we can talk about. I can't get ahead of myself. <laughs> All right. Episode four. On their way to the proposed hiding place, the. What's that? Ida floor. The bad batch is forced to stop on a near nearest planet, Pantora. 
So they're gathering supplies and tech can modify their ship signature since it's now appears to the on the Empire's wanted list. A landing bay attended by or attended on Pantora identifies the Bad Batch and informs Fennec Shan, a mercenary who's been hired to retrieve Omega. Hunter, Echo, and Omega search for supplies while Tech and Wrecker work on the ship. Omega is approached by Shan, which leads to Hunter chasing Shan through the city. Hunter and Omega lose Shan, and after the modifications are complete, the Bad Batch departs for Pantoro. My first reactions to this episode, holy shit, this cartoon is violent. Right. Because that chase scene, mm-hmm. Fennec Shan is blasting fools. Right. Like this- straight murking cops and everything. Yeah, this is one where she shoots the cop in the forehead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No good shit. And just again, introducing Finnick into this, uh, this series, you know, we knew her mm-hmm. very well from the last season of Mandalorian. Right. And I, I think she was a pretty well-liked character overall. Absolutely. And then like seeing that. her in this, you know, obviously she hasn't, uh, she's not the most noble character out there, but seeing her in this, it was a pretty great thing. And, uh, though, I don't you know. Don't, you don't think she's noble as, as, not far, as, in this. Bounty, as far as being a bounty hunter. I mean, are any bounty hunters noble? Like, I think, is it, isn't the whole point of the profession not being noble and just doing whatever you you're paid to do? I think Fair that enough. you Fair see enough. a little bit more of her, um, her true colors or whatever in the. I think maybe the next episode. Okay, so what you talk about. I don't know if you guys remember. You might you might not be old enough, but back in like the early '80s, there was this whole big thing about like kidnappings. When I was a kid, there was this big thing about like parents making sure that their kids were safe from like kidnappers because kidnapping was a big thing that they were talking about in the news all the fucking time. Yeah, and I got this real like kidnappy vibe when Finnick came up to uh, to Omega. She's like, "Oh, I know where your friends are. Just come with me. Just come get in the van, and we'll go find your friends." You yeah. know, oh, yeah. The, your mom sent me to come pick you up from school. Why don't you just get in the car and we'll go. Do you I remember that. those commercials? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember it all, dude. I was traumatized as a kid. We have, we have, a, we, have a, we had a safe word, a password that I still remember. Remember this day, I still won't tell you anybody what it is. But like my dad, me and my sister, my mom, we had a safe word to where if some, if there was an emergency and somebody came to pick us up, they had to tell us the, mm-hmm. our our family safe word in order for us to go. We were that was like yeah, because of kidnapping, you had right. to know. Who who was who and what yep. was what? Yeah, that kids, was a big deal back then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a huge deal. I mean, I remember we used to we watch unsolved mysteries and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It was a big oh, deal. Oh shit, yeah, but that yeah, didn't when, help either. No, it did. <laughs> when I was like six and seven years old, and Jason would have been just a couple years older than that, eight nine probably. Like that was part of Saturday morning cartoons. There would be these commercials that would scare the shit out of you. Because they were, you know, you know, some guy abducting some little kid or That's whatever. And it, it was just a PSA commercial, really. Yeah. But as like, a kid, hey, I was fucking traumatized. I thought yeah. every fucking car that drove by me when I was walking to school was trying to fucking kidnap me. Yep. I go walking down the um, the road and people would be driving by and somebody would like slow down and be like, you need to ride. And I'm like, you need to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, stranger danger, stranger danger. Right. Yeah, but anyway, like, I got that vibe when uh, you know Fennec was kind of coaxing Omega, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, your, your friend sent me." Yeah, but we find out um, in the next episode that she was not only trying to protect her pocketbook, right? Yeah, like, 
there was legit like it's probably best you come with me vibe there you go let's talk about that episode episode five rampage Hoping to discover who hired Shan, the Bad Batch go to Ord Mantell, where Echo knows of a Jedi informant named Sid. She offers to find out about Shan in exchange for their help. Slavers have kidnapped a child named Moochie, and Sid will receive a reward from Jabba the Hutt if the Bad Batch help her rescue the child. The Bad Batch find and fight off the slavers, rescuing Moochie, who is a young Rancor. Taking her to Sid, Moochie is then given Jabba's given to Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, in exchange for the reward. Sid gives some of the reward to the hunter, but is unable to learn who hired Shan. She offers to give the Bad Batch more mercenary-like work in the future. So I guess I'm wrong. It's the next episode we get yeah, I, more, more Fennec. Yeah, but this there's so much going on in this episode. Like a lot happens in this one where, you know, we talk about the Omega Force sensitivity aspect. This was more than any other episode is where I thought that she was when they go into Sid's bar. And, you know, the person that we found out was Sid is like, no, nah, I never heard of her. Get out. And Omega just looks at her, cocks her head for a second. She's like, that's Sid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. That's I, I really thought that I. I still wholeheartedly believe she's force sensitive anyways. It's it's not outside the realm of possibility. There's a reason why uh her they're hunting her and not Boba. Mm-hmm. Because Boba's out there and we ain't I mean, other than hearing his name once or twice. Yeah. Nobody's like, hey, we gotta get Boba. Right. 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 And this is also, correct me if I'm wrong, this is also the episode where Omega picks up her bow, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. she get that bow from the guys that have uh the Rancor captured? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was either them or the the scavengers on the on a future episode, but I'm pretty sure it was this episode where yeah. she got her bow. Yeah, because I think this is the episode where Sid is giving her shit about having pussy arms. <laughs> well, I think that might be the episode after this where she's practicing with the yeah, bow. Yeah, because she's okay. practicing with the bow. Yeah. And, um, right. and but, okay. but again, but that's a great thing that they carry on throughout the rest of this season to where mm-hmm. by the end, she's very proficient with it. And she's yeah. pretty badass with the bow, which I, I liked what they did with that. Yeah. And I'm glad she didn't start off being great. Right. Until she just at one point is like, I don't need this thing anymore. Yeah, Did in fact, now yeah, now that I think about it, this is the episode where she got that bow because it comes into play next episode when they uh, when they meet the sisters. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh your friends. Yeah, my my best friends in the world. Speaking of which, uh, Jason, why don't you tell us about episode six? Of course, this is the episode that I read. <laughs> How did it fall on him? That's hilarious. <laughs> I think you guys planned this honestly. So I this love it. This was episode six titled Decommissioned. Sid hires the Bad Batch to retrieve a separatist tactical droid for its battle intel before it's destroyed at a Corellian decommissioning site. They encounter police droids guarding the facility, as well as Tra- Trace and Rafa Martez, who are also after the droid. Wrecker accidentally hits his head and his inhibitor chip begins to activate. Tech and the sisters program the tactical droid to turn on the police droids, allowing them to escape. But the tactical droid is destroyed in the process. The sisters explain they were retrieving it for the client who is fighting the Empire. Hunter gives them a copy of the droid's data that Tech made during the fight, and the sisters later tell their client how to find the Bad Batch. So, um, we're still, uh, I think, two episodes away from where I thought we were. Yeah, I, I, 
I thought this was the midpoint of the season. It's not. No. There's it, episode eight is the midpoint. Yeah. Um. So at the beginning of this one, I was like, oh, fuck. I hate the Martez sisters. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, they're not so bad in this episode. I still hated them by the end. <laughs> Cannot stand these fucking characters. Oh, they're so annoying. I, and they're not nearly as noble as they act either. No, oh, hell no. Hell no. One of them I don't mind. It's the older sister I can't stand. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. The older sister. She's like the fucking worst. She's the worst. She's the one who gets them all. She's the one who gets them all the fucking trouble. Yeah. 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 But the younger one's the one that almost got Omega killed. So she's not that great either. It's true. But that's where we have that moment where Omega's still like trying to get good with the bow. And they have the standoff with her and the younger sister. And she's like real shaky with the bow. And the sister makes a comment like, do you know what you're doing with that thing? You better hope I do. Yeah. Um, I all in all, I thought this was a real strong episode, though. I I thought um, our uh, person that Rafa and Trace were working for was Ahsoka. Mm, it, I was really thinking. I was like, "Oh, we met her, and there's no there, there's a reason we met them in this last season of the Clone Wars. They were right. setting this up." So mm-hmm. I really thought it was Ahsoka. Yeah, it seemed pretty obvious it was either going to be Ahsoka, or I even thought maybe Bail Organa. Never would have thought who it ended up being. Oh, me neither. Me right. neither. But it makes sense that they'd be able to get in contact. It's not far out of the realm of possibility that they would make contact with that individual. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, and, we're not going to just spoil it. Yeah, we're going to spoil it in a second. <laughs> All right. Episode seven. After their failure to return the tactical droid data, Sid tells the Bad Batch they will need to do a big job to pay off the debt to her. Uh, they are interrupted by Trace and Rafa's client, their old friend, Captain Rex, uh, who is alarmed to learn that the Bad Batch have yet to remove their inhibitor chips like he has. They go to Braca, a starship graveyard planet controlled by the Scrapper Guild, and sneak into an old Jedi cruiser to use the medical bay. Wrecker, Wrecker's agitation activates the chip, and then he attacks his teammates but he's subdued and the chips removed. Rex takes his leave. Once the extractions are completed as they say goodbye, Hunter is seen by members of the scrappers guild. I was kind of confused in this episode. I didn't understand why he was attacking his brothers. Right. Uh, like that part of me, I was kind of like, I understand if it was, there's Jedi in there, mm-hmm. which led me even more to believe that Omega was a Jedi. Because he was just going fucking nuts, so. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why he did attack his brothers. Well, if you remember the last like three or four episodes before this, he's having all that head yeah, pain. He's gonna, I remember that, but like I just don't understand. Order sixty six is what it is. Executing the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Why would he want to turn on his brothers? That's where I was kind of like, why? Because is that they happening? were, um, uh, they were in defiance of Order sixty six. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of wrapped up in that where how they were kind of traitors. They didn't follow their their orders when Order sixty six came out. So basically, it, it kind of stems from that crosshair. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if if I remember correctly, Braca is the planet from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that same planet that you start off in, that same scrapyard planet, basically. Um, so another great callback to some more canon right. that this series does. I, lo- does. I love it when they touch those little strings, those little things that connect, and and then how those guys looked like 
the ones from the video game. Right. They have the same guild outfit. Mm-hmm. Now, I just finished Fallen Order the other day. Uh, Jess let me borrow it. Man, is that a good game. I'm really bummed out. I waited so long to play it. Nice. Hell yeah, I enjoyed it. I haven't finished it, but I enjoyed it. Did you finish it, Jason? No, I never did. I got pretty far in. I got well over halfway, but oh, I, just, man. I, I could never finish it. Throw I got back. to yeah, Throw I got to a part in. where I was just stuck and I just kept dying over and over and over again. I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> YouTube, bro. I had to YouTube like two different things. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah. YouTubed all of the cinematics, so I know what happens. Yeah. Oh, but... okay. There you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah, there was there was a couple of spots where I couldn't see the thing that they needed me to see. Mm. There was There's a puzzle where you had to like pull the string off the wall and attach it to a thing but then you had to push the thing to the other side it was a clusterfuck and i needed youtube that's what youtube's there for right right for sure and real quick before we move on from this episode i mean bringing rex back into the fold was another great touch so we know he's out there somewhere floating around helping the rebellion. So having him drop into this episode and we see him a couple more times throughout the right. season, but it was a, a really good touch. I think I really enjoyed um, the way they used Rex in the, in this series. Yeah. And something tells me we have not seen the last of him in this. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. In this show. Not at all. <clears throat> uh, next we're going to talk about uh, episode eight reunion. The Scrapper Guild informs the Empire of the Bad Batch's location, and Crosshair is sent to kill them. Concerned that Omega will not be returned safely, Lama Sue hires a second bounty hunter to retrieve the girl. Crosshair cuts the Bad Batch off from their ship, so they attempt to escape through the cruiser's ion engine. Crosshair pins them inside and has the engine turned on, but they use explosive salvage from the cruiser's armory to escape, and Crosshair is injured by the, battle, by the engine's ignition. Hunter and Omega are confronted by the bounty hunter Cad Bane, who shoots Hunter in the chest and kidnaps Omega. The rest of the group catch up, carry the injured Hunter on their ship, and escape. That scene after Hunter gets shot. Oh, it's one of my favorites. And the rest of the guys are carrying the ship. And, and he's, it's looking. It's, it's that first person view. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's in so awesome. And you're watching him just. You're like, oh my goodness. That is. Well, yeah, and before that, too, the standoff with him and Cad Bane, that was like an old Western, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, an old Western duel, and fucking Cad Bane had his number, just boom, shot him right in the fucking chest. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. So me and Brady have been having a conversation for quite a while now. I hate Cad Bane as a character. Um, I, f- I find the whole, like, Wild West thing silly because it's in reference to a thing that doesn't actually exist in the Star Wars universe. But maybe it does. I don't know, because George had fully admitted that he took so much influence from old Westerns and samurai movies in making the original Star Wars movies. So you have to kind of respect some of these throwbacks that they have. I mean, fuck, they did that in Mandalorian, especially the whole first season of Mandalorian. You know, most of it felt like a Western. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. But like tying it in to the boot spurs and the cowboy hat and all that Boba shit. Boba Fett has boot spurs. It's fact. <sighs> you guys suck. Yeah, <laughs> man, we're just giving you the real deal, brother. I just I can't. And at this this version of Cad Bane, I enjoy way more than the Clone Wars version. 
Yeah, and see, I was never a huge Cad Bane person. Like, don't get me no, wrong. I'm, I'm not, not like, a huge first, but I, I enjoy him as a character. Yeah, they, and I and I like the Western motif they went with, with for him. They way uh, Clint Eastwood did him in the Clone Wars to the point where you're like, this is so hand-fisted. Okay, if we have to. Oh, great, another Cad We're Bane episode. We're getting love in the chat. Backyard Tardis says he loves Cad Bane. See? His favorite, favorite bounty hunter. That, uh, that's fine. <laughs> like I don't besmirch people liking him. It just I ha- I struggle with it so much. It's it's so in your face neon flashing sign cowboy that I'm just like I love the character. I don't like it. It'd be one it. thing if they had multiple characters that were like that, but he's unique in the Star Wars universe where he's really the only cowboy character that we That's have. That's exactly so my problem with it. Mm. Is he is this weird anomaly that you go, where are all the things that point to this being a thing? Is there a planet where there's weird blue dudes with like respirators that are all cowboys? Han Han Solo's kind of got a cowboy look minus the hat. True. I don't know. I think Dragon Buddy said it best in the chat where this is just going to be like a Dave and Hunter type situation. So we just need to let it go. (laughs) It, It very much is. It's just an aesthetic that I'm like, damn it. And the only other thing that really stuck out about this episode for me was uh, Crosshair basically getting his face melted off by a fucking uh, starship engine. And, you know, how he didn't really have much scars after this. But he did, for one episode, have all the mummy wraps around his head. He has has scars through the rest of it. His whole side of his face is fucked up. Yeah, it's all bubbled up. It's all, like, on this part of it, it's all fucked up. Okay, see, I thought that was from him removing his inhibitor chip, which, spoiler alert, we find out later. I don't think he really did have it removed. I think that the the thruster thing fucked his inhibitor chip up. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, he damn near got his face melted off from that thing. Yeah. So he says he had it removed, but Okay. Yeah, we can touch on that when we get there. We ready to move on to the next episode? Do it. All right, Bounty Lost. While chasing after Bane, the Bad Batch learn from Tech that Omega is an unmodified replication of Jango Fett, making her the only available source for fresh cloning material. En route to an old Kaminoan cloning facility on Bora Vio for her delivery, Omega tricks Bane's droids, droid aid Toto into releasing her and is able to signal the Bad Batch. Lamasu sends Tuan Wei to retrieve Omega and orders Nalase to eliminate the girl after extracting genetic samples from her. Concerned for Omega's safety, Nalase sends Fennec Shan to rescue Omega. Shan tells Tuan Wei and oh, kills Tuan Wei and duels Bane, allowing Omega to escape and re- be retrieved by the Bad Batch. <sighs> Dude, you could read me stories all day. Right. I'd allow that. <laughs> so I'd allow that. I'm gonna... Um... Uh, take a step back and revise what I said earlier about um, Fennec Shan's true colors coming out. She was actually paid to do a different job than she started off doing. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's a bounty hunter. Paid. Who's yeah, giving me the money? So she'll like, just do whatever the job is. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. Jerry Maguire, man. Show me the money and I'll do right. whatever. She killed that fucking Camino in cold blood. Right. Yep. So I, I do I I digress. <laughs> she she's a dick. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but I do think she's a fantastic character. Um I this this whole episode is just full of all kinds of great little stuff. Um the interactions with Toto 
where he's all busted up and shit, and uh, he's trying to fix himself. Or is that in the next episode? No, that's this is how she escapes. Is that- yeah. And that yeah. actually shows a little bit of a dark side to Omega because she kind of uses that good girl image that she has. Like, right. oh, I'll fix your leg. Just let me out, you know, because yep. if she befriends everybody, well, he lets her out and she goes to fix his leg and then boom, she deactivates him and gets out of yeah. there. Yeah, but I mean, she did what she said. She fixed his leg. She did. True. Fix- she's, she's got honor. <laughs> uh, uh, on Raxus. Uh, which is the seat of the separatist government during the Clone Wars. The Empire institutes new curfew laws with the support of local Senator Abe Singh. While addressing the public, Singh speaks out against the Empire instead and is arrested. His protocol droid, GS-8, hires Sid to rescue Singh, and she sends the Bad Batch, who are reluctant to help after fighting against the separatists in the Clone Wars. Omega is just left behind due to the multiple bounty hunters that are targeting her and she wins Sid enough money playing Dejaric to pay off the Bad Batch's debt with the help of the GS8 and the Bad Batch uh, rescue Singh and take him to Sid for payment see this is one of the episodes that felt like a filler episode to me pretty much yeah yeah well it pretty much is it just it didn't it didn't feel like it was moving the story along it just feels like oh They need to pay her money, so here we're going to do this episode. Yep. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think this is the one where they mentioned that uh, Omega and Wrecker were running up a big tab with their fucking uh, right. Mantel the mix. Popcorn. Yeah, that they kept buying every fucking mission. Um, I think that uh, it. Or my initial thought was they were going to leave her with Sid, and then Sid's place was going to get raided by bounty hunters, and they were going to be like, "Oh, we fucked up." That's what I thought was going to happen the whole time is somebody was going to come kidnap Omega. Oh, Charles Westcott's in the chat. Hello, Charles. What's up, dude? There, there is it go. me? Yeah. All right. Episode 11, Devil's Deal. When Senator Ordfring Ta announces a new... Oh, my God. I got something in my eye. A new Imperial refinery on Ryloth and encourages <laughs> Twi'lek freedom fighters to disarm resistance leader Cham Syndulla publicly supports the Empire. His lieutenant, Gobi Klee, takes Cham's daughter, Hera, on a secret mission to retrieve new weapons that are delivered by the Bad Batch, during which Hilera, Hera befriends Omega. Crosshair tracks them, and the Empire arrests Glee and Hera for treason. Cham attacks the Empire convoy to rescue them with his wife, Alina, and other freedom fighters. But Crosshair shoots Ord Ta, which enables Rampart to frame Cham, frame Cham for Ta's attempted assassination. Chom, Alina, and Glee are arrested while Hera escapes. Holy shit, was that a lot to say. Do you think that they could put any more people's names no, in less space? Oh my lord. And then I had something <laughs> that I couldn't read. Yeah, Hamchi Ta. I thought you were speaking Korean. No, for a I was telling you about my hibachi grill. Klepto Verato Niktu. <laughs> is that an STD? Uh, it <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> It's deadly. It is deadly. Don't yeah. say it. So obviously the big point of this episode was the introduction of Hera, Chopper. We get to see them after seeing them all throughout Rebels. Now we're introduced to younger versions of them. So that was a real uh, a real special moment. But this is also one of those episodes where we only see the batch for like five minutes. But I'm going to say this. When they were introduced, 
that whole space scene was beautiful. It was some of the yeah. best stuff that I had seen yeah. visually in this show. Yeah, yeah. where they landed on that moon. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it looked so good. Echuta. <laughs> How rude. Um, there is a uh, a lot of really great um character backstory stuff and you you start to go okay so this is how these people are first connected gives me a lot of hope that we're going to see in in later chapters we're going to see the bad batch working with Hera on other shit i'd like to see i like how it's crossing the streams to bring them out into possible live action scenarios and different Oh yeah. There there's there it opens up so many possibilities with introducing some of these characters. Could you imagine if the Bad Batch guys show up in um like Ahsoka or something? I'd be twelve to midnight, buddy. I'm telling you what. <laughs> you find out they're all old men. That would be freaking awesome. They're hiding out in some cave somewhere. That would be freaking like, I'm looking for Thrawn. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Regarding this episode, I still maintain the fact that Dave Filoni and crew fucked up and messed up something in canon that they had to go back and later fix with dialogue when they assassinated Orn Frita. They fucking put a blaster right in his fucking temple. Mm-hmm. Whereas, come to find out later on, he shows up in a book that's part of the Disney canon. Um, oh. So I think that they did that. They animated that and they made that part of this story thinking that, okay, we can off this character. He's, he's a nobody. Uh, and then the story group's like, no, wait a minute. He shows up in this novel that takes place like a year later. They're like, fuck, what do right. we do? So, so for the next, dead. he's just yeah. mostly dead. Right. Yeah. And, and they mentioned that in the next episode, but you know, there's nothing animated that shows that he lived. Like if you just watch it, it, it with no audio, you think this dude got shot in the fucking temple and he's done. Like you never see him again, but they say through later dialogue that, oh yeah, he, he survived an attempted assassination. Whereas I still assert that they fucked up and got corrected later on. And they're like, shit, how do we fix this? That very well may be that. Um, and it's most likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I just thought that it was really um, nice to see these things connected. And like, I was super excited for Brady to see this episode. Remember? Yeah. Coming to I, work had, going, yeah. I was like, like, you're going to like this one. Yeah. And it, I mean, it did. It, it hit all the right notes. And I didn't have a, I really person, me personally didn't have a problem with the bad batch not showing up for very much in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool because it was weird because it didn't make it feel like a filler episode. Right. It made it feel like, Oh wait, I'm watching something a little bit different. Oh no, no, I'm still watching this. Yeah. Yeah. The running that. joke, the running joke in my house between me and my son after seeing this episode was okay, now we're just into Rebels prequel stuff. This is just yeah. a Rebels prequel, is what this is now. Right. 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 So. right. Um uh, I uh I heard a lot of people complain too that there's quite a few episodes where it seems like the bad batch are guest stars of their own show. And <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah. Well, because we all have that love, we all have that love for these characters that we've seen before, right? And we missed. Yep. All right, so moving on to Rescue on Ryloth. This is the second part of this two-part series, and Hera contacts Omega and asks the Bad Batch to help rescue her parents. Hunter does not think such a mission would be worth the risk, but Omega convinces him to intervene. Hera, Omega, Tech, and Wrecker attack the new Imperial refinery on Ryloth as a dis. Direction, while Echo and Hunter free Cham, Alini, and the other freedom fighters. Crosshair delivers this and sets a trap. 
Crosshair discovers this and sets a trap for them. But clone Captain Hauser, who is loyal to Cham, warns the escapees of the trap and then confronts his fellow soldiers. Hauser is arrested, but the Bad Batch and Freedom Fighters escape. Rampart realizes that he is he has underestimated the Bad Batch and gives Crosshair permission to hunt them down. This was a really cool episode, especially like, you know, the scene where Hauser is standing there by himself and the giant blast doors open up. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even after that, when he like gives this speech to the rest of the clones, he's like, hey, this this is fucked up. You right. know, we need to stand against this. And a handful of them went over to his side and they were all right. arrested and taken all away. Arrested. So this, again, continues that storyline of, you know, the clones realizing not everything is all fucking kosher. And right. like, what 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 the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And I imagine there there will come a point where. um the empire just uses the clones that are loyal for cannon fodder somewhere. Yep. yep. They just yeah. treat them like the Marines and send them out first. Like, honestly, I was really expecting them to just tell all the clones, all right, stay in Camino city. We've got a surprise for you. Yeah. I and was thinking just, that was going to happen too. Yeah. Well, there, I have heard some people say that there was uh, quite a few groups of, uh, these clones that they arrested that they had locked up in Camino. Mm. So, but it, you know, it wasn't really Titanic addressed. style. In yeah. The prisons where the boat sank. Right. It wasn't really addressed on screen. So take that for. Right. Grain of salt. Yeah. Is it me, sir? No, it's me. It's you. Uh, infested. Another filler episode. Uh, the bad batch returned uh, from a mission to find Sid's parlor under the ownership of crime boss uh, Roland Durant. They find Sid outside. She reveals the plan to take back her parlor by stealing a shipment of spice from Roland and is intended or that is intended for the Pike syndicate. We met them in Clone Wars. Uh, The Bad Batch and Sid enter her office via underground tunnels infested with a hive of Erlings. They successfully retrieve the spice, but are chased down by Roland's guards who awaken the hive. The group escape from the tunnels, but the spice is taken by the hive. They are then caught by the pikes who take Omega hostage while the Bad Batch and Sid retrieve the spice from the hive. The pikes then let Sid reclaim her parlor. This is probably my least favorite episode of the series. Agreed. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's just it is pure filler. filler. Nothing happens that moves the story it, behind it or stays, sets it back. It stays and put all this shit happens, but the, it just stays right here. Yep. It, it was uh, completely unnecessary, unless for some reason in season two, uh, this pays off and the pikes are somehow like show up to bail out something like that. But right now, it's it, right now. This remains my least favorite episode of the season. Yeah, though it is cool seeing the Pikes because they have a very unique aesthetic yeah. and everything, and they they have a very intimidating presence. Again, it just the overall story just didn't do anything. Yeah, and the the Erlings, um, I I didn't understand what was going on. They they were triggered by sound, but light made them. Uh, hide. Yeah, it's so convoluted. I get it, but I don't get it. Uh, episode fourteen, 
War Mantle. The oh. bad? Huh? No, go ahead. Oh, Jason okay. just has to pee. Oh, okay. The Bad Batch are con- contacted by Rex, who asks them to help clone Commando Gregor, who is sending a distress signal from the planet Daro. At the source of the signal, they find an Imperial base where conscripted troopers are being trained by clone commandos to replace the clone trooper army. Hunter, Tech, and Echo infiltrate the base while Omega and Wrecker stay in the ship as backup. Barf. The Bad Batch rescue Gregor, but Hunter is captured during the escape. On Camino, Lama Sue and Nala Say plan to escape after the Empire cancels their clone army contracts. But they are caught by Admiral Rampart, who has no use for Nalase as has use for Nalase as a scientist, but not for Lama Sue because he's a politician. I'm a mog, half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. What the fuck? You said barf. I did barf. Uh, well, this was this was one of those episodes that scratched an itch for me. Yeah, this is the one where we see the um. The conscript, conscripted uh, troopers uh, in their actual TK armor, or which or the was, early TK armor, which was which was designed after um, oh boy oh Ralph McQuarrie's concept drawings. art. Yep, yeah, that shit was dope as hell. When when I saw that, I was I paused it and I rewind it and I watched it again. I'm like, holy fuck! Yeah, that was awesome, dude. It was super cool. Well, and of course, the Republic Commandos, too. Did you already mention that? Yeah, the, well, we didn't, but... Yeah, yeah, seeing the Republic Commandos was pretty dope. Yep, with their light-up T-visors. Yeah, yeah a lot, cool. lot of people lost their shit when they saw those guys on screen. Yep, and I know Bronco Fett probably peed himself. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he That was uh, something he was talking about in that show with Scott and Kim, as he was, he, they're getting ready to really kind of launch that uh, Orange and Fett show that they've been talking about like eight years now. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, and we're going to talk about uh, that Republic Commando series. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, the big thing too about this episode is the, the intrigue on what, what happens with the Camino ones. Cause that was another big unanswered question after the original trilogy is what happens to the actual Camino ends and their facility on Camino. And do they continue making clones? What does the empire just let them go or do they off them? We start to kind of get a feeling for where that storyline is going in this episode. Yeah. There was definitely a tone set here. Yeah. Yeah. So especially at the end when they basically, do away with the prime minister. Yep. Yeah. Beh- behind closed doors. I'm really surprised we didn't hear blaster fire. Yeah. Again, I guess this that would have been a little su- dark because it's this kid show, right? Is this supposed to be a kid show? That's the thing. Like, who is this really for? Because I think it's more for people like us. Yeah. Than I for, agree. Like my kids, you know, yeah. right. but we Although- knew what happened. We knew what ha- every one of us know what happened behind that door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, if you watch cartoons now, like even on like the Disney channel, for kids, there's some stuff that makes you go, I don't know, he's six. <laughs> right. You know. I don't know. Did you ever watch Pepe Le Pew? It's like, God damn, <laughs> what kind of fucking rapist is this? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Take it easy, Pepe. Shit. It's one of those things like now that all the all the movements are out there, like I would have never connected those dots, but once they were like, well, you know, Pepe 
the pew's kind of problematic. I'm like, holy fuck, he is. <laughs> he yeah, really he's is. Really problematic. <laughs> Sometimes you got to just take the pussy like that. It's a fucking serial rapist. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, All right. Are we up to episode 15? Yeah, let's return to Camino, Brady. All right. Brady, Brady or is. Yeah, Brady? Jason. Oh, no, you're right. It is Jason. Return to Camino. Hunter is taken to Tipico City on Camino, where the Empire has evacuated critical personnel and eliminated the rest. Crosshair activates Hunter's comm link, luring the rest of the Bad Batch into a trap. Omega shows the others a hidden entrance into Nalase's secret laboratory, where they all were all originally created and where they find the friendly droid AZI-3 in hiding. They find Hunter, who tries to convince Crosshair to have his inhibitor chip removed, but Crosshair reveals that it has already been removed, and he is willingly working for the Empire. Hunter stuns Crosshair as Rampart, under the orders of Tarkin, begins destroying Tipica City with the Bad Batch and Crosshair still inside. The uh, general um, uh, resounding uh, uh, opinion on the name of this city is Tapioca. Tapioca pudding. Every we'll podcast I've I've listened to, everybody just calls it Tapioca City. Okay, we'll go with that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this was a really interesting episode. Um, the stuff with uh, AZ, um, Hayden and stuff, like just a super interesting droid character, I thought. Because yeah, we haven't seen him since episode one, I think, right. of the series. Right, but he's he's a very um, there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, not character. Uh, is I don't know the word you're looking. It's a for. very interesting uh, character, the way he's written and the way he's voiced, and like he's super entertaining. Yeah, and he's pretty watch. relevant. Yeah, he's pretty relevant in the next episode, also. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so. a lot of droids, especially droids that have speaking parts are mostly like protocol droids and stuff like that. And they just kind of, you know, say what they got to say and there's no charisma whatsoever. Yeah. Charles Westcott says they should have made the last two episodes into one. Definitely. I agree with that. Hands, yeah. hands down should have been one episode. Yeah. Just one hour long episode. Cause yeah, a lot happens in this episode to me, this episode 15 is probably the best episode of the season. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, because a lot happens, it really moves the story forward, and you really kind of see the at the end the the fall of uh, Tapioca City. Right from from the very end of this episode, when they start firing on the city, to the next episode, I thought was the best of the whole season. Because like when they started shooting down at the city, I was like. Oh shit! Because they like they they run back in and then they start firing down the city. I was like, these dudes are gonna die. Like mm-hmm. some, I was like convinced. I was convinced in the season finale we were gonna lose somebody. Like I really had it in my head. Not all of them are making it out. Oh sure, and you know it really touched on a lot of emotional points too with the dialogue between a lot of the members of the batch and Crosshair. This whole again, you mentioned it before, Brady. I think where you get the Titanic imagery, you, you think about the Titanic through the 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 last episode at least, where it's yeah they're, they're sinking in the water and the whole facility is flooding and it's it's very sad and emotional and everything. But I think this episode fifteen was uh, the better of the two, but that's yeah. just my opinion. Your opinion, shit. <laughs> it is. I know. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, they they 
they spent the whole emotional um, capital at the end of, you know, by the end of the episode. And then the follow-up episode is just kind of aftermath for the most Pretty part. much, yeah. And so, I mean, you, it's still, still them escaping. They still need to get the fuck out of Tapioca City. Right. But, but you didn't, you didn't feel the pressure of that because you had a week yeah. <laughs> in between. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, like Charles was saying, um, if that was all one episode, you would still be like edge of your seat wired. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Anything else real specific about this episode? I that think we beat it. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, when the wreckage of Topoka City begins to sink into the ocean, Rampart and the Empire depart while Bad Batch aim to escape the city before it fully submerges. Omega and AZI-3 have crosshair when, when they are trapped in the flooding room. They save save the him. Yeah. Wow. Reading is fundamental. H and S. Those are different letters. Uh, Once the wreckage settles in the ocean floor, the group make their way to the tube that leads to their ship, but find it damaged. A-Z-I. A-Z? No, they call A-Z. 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 He's got it. Yeah, he's got the voice. Uh, Suggested they... uh, guide them to the surface inside lab capsules that run out of power on their way up. Omega tries to save them at the risk of drowning, save him at the risk of drowning until Crosshair saves them both. When they reach the ship, Crosshair once again chooses to part ways with the Bad Batch. Elsewhere, Nala C is brought to an Imperial facility. So I love the first sentence of this. When you mentioned the Empire, uh, Rampart and the Empire depart while the batch is sinking it makes me think of austin powers and that scene towards the end he's like no i'm not going to actually watch him die i'm just going to leave and assume everything went to plan you know what right right. (laughs) yep the bad guy always has to do that otherwise the good guy doesn't get to leave right so i spent spent my whole time this episode trying to figure out who's gonna die right i really did because i really really truly thought somebody was not gonna make it out of this episode yeah I couldn't tell you who it thought because it felt like it was ever changing the entire episode. But I, I thought surely we were going to end this episode with somebody appeared to have died. Like yeah, I thought somebody was going to be gone. The stakes felt high the whole time too because they were basically trapped at the bottom of the fucking ocean yeah. in this pressurized capsule that was you know losing pressure by the minute. So you're like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? Am I the only one that the entire time they're in the tunnel was like? Shut off your flashlight, stupid. <laughs> no, I thought that. I thought there's like, there's gonna be something big down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, really? Yeah, we had some really good emotional moments from some characters that didn't really get that at all this season. Re- referring specifically to Wrecker and Tech, when you know they're all having this dialogue with Crosshair in the tunnels, and mm-hmm. you know Wrecker and Tech, for the most part, they've been very one dimensional characters throughout this whole season, especially Tech more than yeah. anybody else. Like no no character development, nothing. And they both have this really interesting interaction with Crosshair as they're all telling him like, motherfucker, you had multiple opportunities to come back with us. We didn't leave you behind. You left us behind. And even tech was like, hey, just because I, you know, I'm kind of agreeing with what you're saying doesn't mean that I agree with what you're saying or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's having these real emotional moments with kind of Crosshair at the middle. And yeah, I think that was really the heart of this whole episode. 
this is this is one of the episodes too where I didn't hate Crosshair. Yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, dude, I kind of kind of picking up what you're putting down here. I right. kind of I feel I like I feel how you feel slighted. Right, but I don't understand at the end how he didn't recognize that the Empire gave no shits about it. Yeah, they fucking yeah. dicked out. It's it seems real fucking obvious that he was intended to die in that mess. Yep. Yeah, he's being like needlessly defiant at this point. You know, right. he's because right. he knows he knows the truth, but he's still sticking to his convictions, even though deep down and you can see the conflict. You can see the yeah. conflict starting yep. to come up in him, but he's still sticking to his guns for at I least a little bit it. longer. I love how a cartoon can make you see the conflict in the character. That's oh, so yeah. awesome. Yep. That's yeah. so awesome. It's come a long way since G.I. Joe and Transformers. It'll be really cool if he ends up being a bounty hunter. We've come a long way since he, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least a few weeks. <laughs> um, all in all, looking back at the whole season, now that, now that we've kind of recapped it, um, where do you guys stand on the on the product? You know, you know the Jason. I think it was great, honestly. I think uh, I had some reservations about Omega in the first couple episodes. I warmed up to her pretty quick. It, you know, Filoni learned from uh, Ahsoka that you know you shouldn't take four or five seasons for this unlikable character to become likable. Right. You know, it only takes a few episodes and I, I understand now the importance of Omega and I really like her as a character. I liked what they did with her. Uh, I, I love the whole concept of the show and I'm really curious to see where this group ends up in future star Wars canon. Oh right. yeah. Me too. Me too. Yep. I definitely agree. I was really surprised that we didn't see Caleb doom again. Yeah, I was expecting that. I was fully expecting to see him again after that first episode. Yep. But there's um, always next season. Right. Uh, I think that, you know, for 16 episodes, only having like two or three, one, like one solid filler. Yeah. And like two that were just kind of uh, exposition. Yeah. For lack of a better way, to, it's like here's a half an hour of exposition something you need out of this, but we were really kind of filling space. Um, that's a solid, uh, that's a solid series. You get 16 half hour shows that only two of them, maybe three of them are unnecessary, which is to be expected nowadays. Yeah. And to be fair, those filler episodes were not nearly as bad as the filler episodes of the early seasons of clone wars. hundred percent. Oh, yeah, I they're it's still green. entertaining. If, if Padme was in one of those or there was <laughs> droids, I'm out. Skip it. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, I and I enjoyed the whole uh, the Bad Batch. Um one thing we didn't really talk of the aesthetic of the Bad Batch, the way they look, how they are so different and they're oh, all yeah. they're very unique. Like I love the way the Bad Batch look. Mm -hmm. I love how they're each individual is not one of them looks like the other. They have their own look. I definitely dig the shit out of that. How their own personalities, one is this, one is that, one is this. Right. Um but dude, I'm on board. I I I can't wait for season 2. I can't wait to see the way the story unfolds. What else are we going to start learning with these new cons conscripted soldiers, the TK units, you know? Mm -hmm. Um are we going to learn any more about the regs? 
you know, the clones, right. like, yep. or is that, are we kind of done with that? And right? I think there, there's still a lot of story to tell about Omega too. Like, even though we kind of know where she came from, we still don't know like what her special ability is or whatever, you know, is right. she force sensitive? Is there something else going on there? Is she eventually going to come face to face with Boba Fett? Oh, I, do you, you want to see that? Do, would you would you like that payoff? They mentioned it. They mentioned that Boba Fett's original name, designation, whatever you want to call it, was Alpha. Yes. Alpha and Omega. There's no yes. fucking way they don't go back to that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's during the book of Boba Fett, which comes out this December, you know. Now, wouldn't that dude? That's what I'm saying, where it can cross the streams and put it into that live action mm-hmm. and seeing Omega as a 20, 30-year-old adult. Yeah. And what she's been through, what she went through with the bad batch. Like, are they still a team? Like the only problem with that is if you put Omega or any of the bad batch guys in Ahsoka or any of those shows, then any kind of jeopardy that they're in, in season two or three of the bad batch, you're going to be like, well, they make it. Yeah. But what if it's there? We see him in, there but we only see so many of the characters oh yeah oh my god dude can you imagine like wait wait why is there only this many wait why is he missing oh my god right yeah there's the possibilities are endless with where they can go with this yeah i'm loving it i'm fucking loving it i i'll eat i eat up all of this shit but um ultimately like way better um show than i thought at the beginning, I didn't even want it. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I, I was like, I don't want this. Yeah, because it was Clone Wars Season 7. You're like, ah, really? Yeah. We're going to do that? Yep. Hunter was like such a like Rambo knockoff thing. <laughs> and <laughs> Who are you, Dave? Come on. Yeah. There was no Omega at that point. Wrecker just seemed like a dumb muscle head. Tech was just this weird know-it-all guy that you were like, Where, why does he even fucking know this stuff? <laughs> right. You know? Um, but but this, uh, well, really, episode one made me a believer in this show. Mm-hmm. From episode one, I was like, oh, this is going to be intense. There's real stakes here. People just died for yeah. reals. Yeah. Luna Girl is very much on board with Omega being force sensitive. By the way, she's filling up the chat with uh, Team Force Sensitive. <laughs> she's she's get, got her being trained by Ahsoka. Oh yeah, she's got a whole. She's got her own fan fiction going. She's gonna be at uh, Luke's Jedi Academy. She's gonna like be hanging out with Grogu. Oh shit, son! <laughs> Breaking bread with Grogu. Yeah, yeah. Luke's gonna be like, she's too old. I can't train her. <laughs> it's fucked up <laughs> it's fucked up oh, well you got anything else you want to add Mr. Roscom? Uh, just again that this was I think this was a really good season of a new show and I really enjoyed it overall it's something that my youngest son and I have been or my middle son and I have been really enjoying together again half of the Star Wars experience is enjoying it with other people that enjoy it also, Agreed. and Agreed. Uh, me and my son have been watching every single episode. Every Friday, he's on me too. He's like, "Bad batch, bad batch." That's so awesome. It was a great experience, and I'm looking forward to more. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that's awesome. I'm really bummed out. Mikey didn't get to see the last episode of Bad Batch. Oh yeah, because he's in boot camp. <laughs> he left after episode 15. Dude, he calls. 
He won't see it for another seven weeks. Be a changed man. He's not even give a shit about the yeah. badge match. He's like, gonna be at A school. Go. So what the fuck happened? Oh, uh, any, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, outside of the Bad Batch, I want to ask Jason. Uh, have you checked out What If Marvel? What if? Not, is that actually out yet? Like yeah, I've yeah. seen the trailers. There's two episodes deep, and they're really good, dude. If you're a Marvel fan, I think you'll really like them. I'm in yeah. a weird place with Marvel right now. It's it's kind of a well, this is a weird show. Yeah, it's yeah. weird as fuck. I wouldn't say a love hate relationship. I'm mostly looking forward to seeing what they do with the next Spider Man movie. That mm-hmm. might be the thing that brings me back on board with Marvel because right now, since Endgame, I've been kind of keeping Marvel at an arm's length. Did you watch Loki? Nope. Oh, dude, oh, you fucked Loki. up. You fucked up. <laughs> Loki's good. Loki is like real. If, if out of the three, out of uh, uh, WandaVision. Falcon, and Winter, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier in this, I would tell you to watch Loki before I would tell you to watch any of them. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, because God, yes. I tried watching WandaVision. I was bored as shit. No. And how much of WandaVision did you watch? The first episode. Oh, yeah. It get, it episode four is where things start happening, and it's worthwhile. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? But if I was to tell you to watch anyone, Jason, I'm telling you to watch Loki. Loki. Right. Loki is going to set up phase four 100%. Okay, because I'm looking forward to the whole mer- multiverse. Well, then watch Loki, dude. You need mm. to watch Loki. All right, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the weakest of the three. Right, I would agree with that. But if you need to watch anything, you need to watch Loki, man. Mm. I I actually think that could be something if your kids or have any of the kids that are into Marvel, watch it with them. All right, fair enough. Yeah, my oldest, but I think he's already seen it. Oh, then. Tell him to watch it with his dad. <laughs> All right, yeah. fair enough. Falcon and Winter Soldier will just make you angry. Wow. It it does not agree with uh your your feelings on most things. Hmm. Okay. Just, just skip it. <laughs> I don't even think it drives the the greater story forward. No, it really doesn't. Other than set up the fact that Falcon is now Captain America. And now you know, so just leave it at that. Right. Well, I mean, that was always the assumption after Endgame exactly. anyway. So. Exactly. Yep. Um, well, I guess we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, sign you off, and then we're going to wrap things up. If you want to stay in the wings, we can chat when you're done, or if you got to go to bed, because it is late. It is late, actually, so I should probably get going. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks it. for joining with us, here. man. I know it was a different situation than what we had planned, but we appreciate you joining us. Dude. Yeah, and uh, Dave, go fuck yourself for you know, <laughs> le- leaving us high and dry. But you know what? I think I, I carried the Sidebar Cantina banner well this episode. Yes, you did. So. And, hey, um, you want to shout out any social medias or anything like that? I know that's normally Dave's thing, but. Yeah, no, uh, just uh, the biggest place you can find us on is uh, Instagram at the Sidebar Cantina. Our social media director, Luna Girl, is on top of everything there. If you're talking to anybody on there, it's probably her, but she's doing a great job of maintaining our social media. And uh, yeah, listen to the all, or oh, almost said all oh, things. Wow. Uh, th- listen to the Sidebar Cantina anywhere where you get your audio podcasts. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for joining us tonight, brother. We really appreciate it, dude. Thanks, gents. It's always a pleasure. Make sure you- Kick Dave in the shin on Monday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got to come and see you, buddy. See it. Hell, yeah. That was good stuff, man. Yeah. That was good stuff. Definitely. Definitely.
Dave would have just dragged us down anyway. Yeah, he would have just he would have had that. salient points and we would have had to think about stuff. Right. And then he'd have fucking probably had a rant about something. We had to sit through that bullshit. I'm interested to know what Dave how Dave would have commented on my uh football rant at the beginning about college football. He'd and- have just rolled his eyes, gave you the finger. Either that or no, he, he would have been like, Oh dude, this really him. pisses me off. He would agree with some of it. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think so. Well, everybody make sure that you like this video. Give us a five star review. I don't know how many likes are out there on this video, but there should be more. Oh shit, five star review. We got one, bro. We got a review. Fuck yeah, we got one. Hold on. We you got a review. Keep, you keep talking. Definitely. Um, anyway, reviews help people uh find us. And then if you do leave us a review. As you're going to see here in a few minutes, uh, Brady will read it live on the show. Make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, whatever podcatcher it is that you're into. Um, follow us on social media. Interact with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You ready? Yeah, dude. I got this review queued up. Do it. This is by D Payne 1981, and it's titled. Guy. You my nerf herder. Yeah. And it got five stars. You are my nerf herder. You are my nerf herder. Not sure if my first review went through. I did say fuck Aaron Rodgers at the end of it. So uh-huh. it, shrug emoji. Dare I say that dangerous Don Juan De La Snooch and beautiful Brady Lovin are a modern day Wayne and Garth. They bounce off one another like sumo wrestlers without the smell afterwards. And the live chat is always popping. Talking about bikes, trains, and video games. While I am definitely not a fan of every topic they cover on the show, Don and Brady keep my full attention every week. As someone who is slowly piercing, piecing together his own podcasts, in my eyes, the escape pod sets a very high standard for what I hope to accomplish in my own corner of nerd. Thanks, dude. Much love, you guys. The D. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Rock and roll, brother. Thanks for that, man. That's we, a great we greatly appreciate it's that. It's too bad that he gave us a negative four stars. Well, we deserve it. Let's be honest. If he could have done negative five stars, he would have. Probably. It just doesn't go that low. No. No, we really do appreciate it. That's a great review. Hell yeah. Hey, we appreciate reviews, but if people want to get in contact with us and want to see what's going on in our world, where can they find you, brother? They can always find me at Jetfire1979 on Twitter, and I'm Dallas Nooch on Instagram. Brady, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Twitter at lowercase o, zero, capital B-I-G, underscore, capital L-O-V-I-N, zero, lowercase o. Now that I'm saying it faster, I'm not fucking changing it. Fair enough. Uh, you can find us and other great podcasts at red5network.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. May the force be with you. And and go go blue. blue. I gotta take a piss. Yeah, he does. Oh my god. Oh, his pants are wet. Oh shit. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.